Welcome to Zooming In on Hope. I'm Ken Dill, chaplain at Southern Wesleyan University, and it's great to have you join us today, either by video or by podcast. Uh, we are taking this time to look at people who are working for the kingdom and are doing God's will and for the hope that is out there, even in this time of pandemic and shelter in place. We're very happy to have with us uh, today as our guest, Reverend Carrie Morford. Um, who is joining us from Florida, a SWU graduate, and uh, we want to hear her story and what she has to say to us today. So, Carrie, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I am um, wife and mom. I have three kiddos, um, a ninth grader and a fifth grader and a second grader. And then um, I'm pastor at Mission of the Dirt Road, which is a church plant that we started about um, four years ago. And I graduated from SWU in 2004. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, not well, let's don't say that. Uh, <laughs> let's say uh, 2004, you were a, a Division of Religion graduate? Yes. Right. Yes. And uh, you were student chaplain while you were here? I was. Yeah, great times of uh, working with you and I being able to work together and a lot of fun that we had uh, yes. in doing, doing ministry here. So, um, so tell us how, how you got to, to SWU. That's an interesting story. <laughs> yes. So I had never heard of Southern Wesleyan or the Wesleyan Church. Um, and I actually just, um, sent my test scores there kind of randomly. Um, I knew it was in a small area of South Carolina that I was somewhat familiar with. And so I, um, just sent my scores and then somebody from admissions called me and said, will you come for a scholarship weekend for an interview? You meet all of the requirements, um, academically and all of those things. And so I came, um, and loved it and, um, ended up getting the scholarship. And so, um, and that with another scholarship made it so that I had everything paid for, which was amazing. And so I ended up coming there. Um, the other interesting thing about that weekend is I met Jessica Jackson there at that weekend, we roomed together. And so we immediately said, we are going to be roommates. <laughs> And that was the, one of the best decisions I ever made, I think. Good. Well, that's great. That's great. Now, so tell us about uh, that other scholarship. Uh, you're from Jacksonville. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an interesting story. So um, I was in fellowship of Christian athletes, very involved with that in high school. And um, at the time, the Weavers, who were the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, were offering leadership scholarships to people who had been um, officers in FCA and local chapters. And so I applied and interviewed for it and met the Weavers and ended up um, receiving that scholarship. So yeah, that paid for my tuition and books and then the other part paid for my room and board. So it was an amazing gift. Yeah. That's, that's great. We're right now we're, even though there's this, all this going on, uh, we're raising scholarship money for students because we believe in students. And uh, just like you, we want to be able to have 
great students like you to have the opportunity to come here and be a part uh, yeah. of this of this university. Um, so tell us a little bit about. Uh, so you didn't know the, about the Wesleyan Church. No. <laughs> you came here. You found out about the Wesleyan Church. Yep. Uh, left uh, SWU and um, you then took a little bit of a uh, different route to get into your ministry now, right? Yes. So I intentionally didn't finish the ordination track. I like intentionally didn't take one or two classes so that I couldn't be ordained um, out of college because I was struggling with that as a female and um, lots of things going through my mind then. And so, yeah, I went this other route. I actually did some children's ministry for a while. We So first, I should say, we stayed in South Carolina for a couple of years. I helped found the growing place there at Alive Wesleyan. And then um, we came back to Florida when we had our first baby. And um, we, I, so I worked as children's pastor for a little bit and then went to the public school system to work. And that through that process is really where I fell in love with the, the neighborhood where we're serving now. And um, so, yeah, we're in our hometown, which is interesting. Um, and we're serving in this low income neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it was this very roundabout way and God sort of had to force my hand on my calling um, <laughs> in very like uh, clear ways. He was very clear about this is what I was meant to be doing. So you own your authority now that- I do, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what about ordination? So I was ordained um, through community, um, Church First, which is the non-denominational church I was a part of here and served as a children's pastor, but then transferred my ordination to the Wesleyan Church um, once we started working towards this church plant. Um, we really felt like with the church plant, it was important to have some, um, you know, be a part of a denomination and an organization that was larger than just an independent church. And so that was kind of how we ended up back here, um, but it feels like coming home in so many ways. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your this unique uh, ministry mission of the dirt road. Uh, yeah, so we are located in High Ridge intentionally. It's a low-income neighborhood, um, which is about as big as our city limits, both in population and in size. Um, and we are, so we say we're making disciples through community development. And so I really see that I have two roles. Um, First, I'm pastor to my neighbors and other people who fit our demographics as far as um, not just low income, but um, also just haven't found their place in a traditional church setting. And so there's that role. And then the other piece is this community development piece, which I find myself um, often serving as a bridge um, between local organizations and like the schools and the sheriff's office and um, other nonprofits, and then my neighbors and friends, because a lot of times there's a disconnect, both in how they're being served yeah. and then how they can access those services. Um, and usually it's around trust and a lack of trust. And so if they have somebody that can kind of be the in-between and buffer some of that, then that seems to help quite a bit. And so that's the second part. And through that, we developed Keystone Safety Net Alliance, 
um, which is a group of us who have come together, um, nonprofit schools, even some of our elected officials are involved in that. And it's given us a, a network of people who have built some trust with each other. And then we've identified the needs in our local community and are trying to work towards not duplicating services and then um, really just making sure we are meeting a lot of those basic needs that are, are the biggest needs in our community. Wow, that's great. Wow, what yeah. a vision. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about uh, what this um, COVID-19 has done to your ministry and how you're responding to it. So on March 14th, I think was the Friday that it became very apparent that it was going to be a thing here um, in our community. And so um, through that Keystone Safety Net Alliance, we actually, um, myself and a couple of other leaders met on that Friday. Schools hadn't been canceled yet. Um, and a lot of our, a lot of our community was still like, uh, it's, you know, this isn't going to be anything. Mm -hmm. And, but we knew that if it was something that, um, our most vulnerable people, you know, the people who are already struggling to make ends meet and people who are already struggling, um, with huge amounts of stress and that kind of thing there, they were going to be hit the hardest. Yeah. And so um, we started talking about what would it look like to have something ready and in place mm -hmm. to serve them through this time. And so we just took one step at a time, but it was amazing how the Holy Spirit just led us. Um, so now we are um, doing about two distributions a week that are just public and we worked with our emergency operations um, count the county emergency operations to they deliver food to us and then we distribute it um, and we often serve between 100 and 200 people at one of those we've also been able to keep our food pantry open um, a lot of their volunteers were at the age that they should not be out right now and so they were gonna have to close and we said well if we could supply the volunteers would you let us keep it open and they said yes so we did that um, and then we've also established a form that people can fill out online and let us know what their needs are which has given us the ability to connect with them to those food sources and we offer well check calls. So we have about 100 people now that are on our list that receive a call from a volunteer at least once a week just to say, hey, are you doing okay? Um, and if not, what do you need? Um, and then they also can let us know if they don't have transportation. So we've done some delivering of food and other resources. Um, so we have about 500 people that we're serving just through that self-ID form now. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been crazy, but so amazing how God has led us and that he had already formed those relationships between those nonprofits and organizations. Just, I mean, that started this fall, that Safety Net Alliance started this fall. And so just in that amount of time, we've been able to pull it together, you know. It's, it's oftentimes when we look back, we see the hand of God. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to see it at, at the time. 
Absolutely. Uh, that's amazing. What a great pivot you've made in your ministry. I'm glad to know the church is doing that. Wesleyan Church uh, yeah. is helping to lead the way in your ministry in this way. Um, well, I think the last question that I wanted to ask you is, um, in all of this, what's, what words of hope do you give to people who are watching this, uh, listening to this podcast, um, from your perspective, what do you say? So I have a couple of things. <laughs> One, I know in my life so many times I've seen it look like things were going to end or be over or like things are dying, you know? And so often it's just the precursor to resurrection, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and it doesn't always look like I think it's going to look the resurrection, but you know, God is always working for good. There is always something that's going to come out of it. And um, so that gives me some hope. And I think this is such a defining moment you know, and there is this, like, we can't help but resort priorities and look at spiritual formation. And, um, I'm excited about what God might do, um, as we sit at home isolated, you know, and have to think about big things that we maybe could avoid when we were working. Um, and then the other part for me that just as encouraging as I'm working is the gratitude and the generosity that I see all of the time from people, you know, that there's, um, there are people who are, you know, they are so excited to volunteer. They're so excited to give. And then there are other people who are saying to me, you know, I don't really need food this week. Can you pass it on to somebody else? Yeah. And, you know, that stuff is amazing. That's great. That's great. Carrie, thank you for, being faithful to your ministry, to your calling, to when it changes, that you change with it. And um, it's great to talk with you. I know we could talk about so much more, uh, but thank you so much for the ministry that you're doing. And, and I, and I want to thank all the people who are shepherding and doing ministry in this time. Uh, it's a crazy time, but uh, we serve a very sane God uh, that will keep us level. So. So yes. thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I um, want you to, to know that uh, we will have another installment of Zooming In on Hope that will come out next week. And uh, we hope that you will join us again uh, as we listen to these stories of hope as people are working for the kingdom. Thank you so much for those of you who are listening. Thank you, Carrie, for being our guest. And uh, for those that um, uh, we want to just invite you to once again uh, join us next week and keep being people of hope. Thank you. God bless you.